So one of the things I did at one point, I wanted to have sex and he didn't want to have sex. And I went, what if I pay you? And he looked at me and he went, what? And I was like, I went, what if I pay you a thousand bucks for sex? And he was like. Hi guys, I'm Val Benson. Welcome to another episode of Two Tar TV Crazy on every Thursday with me. Welcome, baddies. Today, my amazing guest is Simone Melisis. The only reason I'm pronouncing the, her last name correctly is because I made sure to ask before we started so I don't mispronounce it because I have a problem with mispronouncing um, people's last names. Hi, my welcome. My name is not easy. <laughs> it's okay. It's me. It's not you. <laughs> So Simone is a relationship expert and creative business coach. Simone mentors business owners all around the globe on how to create greater wealth and happiness through tools that challenge their uh, predisposed beliefs and limitations in business, which I think is something we all need. And also, I love that she's also a relationship expert, which is something I know I need and everyone else does too. Um, using these tools that Simone now teaches, she went from $187,000 in debt to having a thriving business and living debt-free, which is, I think, a problem that a lot of Americans in general have with believing. I mean, even Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the whole book is around owning a house, meaning that makes you rich, but really you're in debt. So I feel like a lot of Americans, we grow up to believe that living in debt is part of society, but it doesn't have to be. So her book, Joy of Business, documents her journey and learning along the way. So definitely check out her book, Joy of Business, and let's get started. Yay. Yay. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. So what exactly is the joy of business and why did you create it? I, I thought I was normal and with business and, you know, I was at high school and everyone was talking about what they wanted to do and they, they left high school and it was all, you know, going to college and doing everything and getting married and having kids. And all I spoke about was I wanted to own my own business and I didn't really have a point of view of what it was. I just, to me, having a business is like this playground of possibilities. It's like, it's so malleable. You can change it. You can create what you desire in the world through business is the way I looked at it. And my point of view was always, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, why are you doing it? And I see so many people out there who complain about their jobs. And I remember a friend of mine said to me, it was, I had this new job and I was in a bar on this Friday night in Sydney. And he said to me, you make me sick how much job satisfaction you get. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, every single job you have, you love it. And I'm like, but why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you love what you do? So for me, the book Joy Business is, yeah, I've, I've definitely lived a colorful life. I've done some pretty different things and I've got a lot of stories in the book, which is great, but a lot of pra really pragmatic tools to create a business, whether it's with the money, you know, hiring staff or the different energies that's required in business. So yeah, for me, it's, it's a lot of fun. I wake up and I'm really creative and I love business. Well, a lot of people in general, I mean, even when I moved to the US, my dad taught me that the American dream is having a nine to five and you may hate your life, but that is the American dream that you get a job, you move up in life, you don't enjoy it, but you get a family and you have to support your family. So I think, I think that is like a lot of people, it, and it is very common. I think it's American humor uh, of jokes of, I hate my job, but yeah, but I agree with you. It is odd. Like if you hate your job, why are you there? <laughs> I know. Do you know what though? I, what I realized years ago is it was sort of like the cool thing to do is to hate your job. And it was sort of anyone who liked their job, it was like you had to whisper it and be like, you know what? No, I actually like mine. I mean, I remember my father saying to me, you should get a job in a bank, like get a good safe job. And I literally said to him, I would rather stick needles in my eyes than get a good safe job. I want to explore the world. Like I want to find out what's out there in the world. So I, I would really love it if people started choosing what actually works for them and what makes them happy. Like what if, what if the purpose of life is to be happy and not live out what this reality projects at you that you should be doing? I do agree. I do think that is a purpose of life that a lot of people miss, um, don't realize. And they only realize that when they get older, that's why everyone always says when you are on your deathbed, people are not saying, oh, I wish I would have made more money. When you're in your deathbed, you, you usually say, I wish I would have loved harder and like told 
the people that I love, how much I love them. And you look at who's around, what relationships you developed around you versus I should have worked more hours and I should have made more money. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's very true, Violet. (laughs) I read that you asked, do you do business like a man or a woman? Which I really love that because I think I tend to try to do business like a man And I'll almost take it personally when I'm in a room full of men and I feel, quote unquote, in a way that they're treating me like a woman. I get upset. And I think uh, sometimes women in general, I think uh, some of us, when we're trying to get ahead, because I come from public accounting, we tend to be overly aggressive because I feel like we're trying to make up for the fact that we're a woman as if like they, as if no one can tell what's between our legs. And we're just like, no, treat me like a man. So why is that question so important to you about do you do Um. business? Yeah, okay. And and it's a generalization I want to say as well. But most women, when they, I mean, if you look at the way people live, it's like most women want to talk about things a lot and they'll be like, oh, how do you feel about this? So if you take this into the workplace, a lot of women, the way they will look at a project would be like, let's talk about it, let's share, let's like, what do we feel, blah, 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 that sort of thing. Whereas a man is way more direct and a man is more like, okay, are we doing this, not doing this, what's happening, da, da, da. So I do business way more like a man. Like I love it when I don't need someone to call me and go, hey, how was your weekend? I'm like, what are we doing today? Like what's on? So that's how I, I would do it. But I, I'm, I'm definitely a woman and I act like a woman in so many other areas of my life. And I think don't judge how you be, but it's like recognize, like I've got some men that I work with who need that conversation of, hey, how was your weekend? How's your sex life? How's what's going on? And have that chat and then we can talk business. So it's really just a tool for all the people that you're working with to recognize, do they do business like a man or a woman and treat it like that? You know, like that, do, can they can they handle the one line or the yes, no? Like there's one guy I work with, we call each other every day and I love it. We don't even say, hey, how's it going? It's just like, boom, boom, that's it, done. And can I say um, the way you described that of walking into, you know, a room full of men and then women, it's been forever and a day that women have tried to do, sort of have this like, oh, you know, and then women get called a bitch because of having this directness and then men get called a leader, like, yeah. you know, for being the same energy. But can I say it's up to us to be us no matter what. And I think it's not about fighting. It's about actually acknowledging you actually have the lead in that room by being a woman because every man in that room is just like, oh, my God, and they you can confuse them, you can manipulate them, and if you have a judgment of manipulation, you'll be the one that ends up being manipulated. So I, I would use that all the time and I never create, I never create myself to be different or separate. It's like I'm a, I'm a smart business person because I am. Yeah. I think now people try really hard to show that there's no such thing with like the gender difference and all that. But I think when it comes in the workplace, whether or not we want to turn a blind eye to it, people do. It's there. It's there. Like you can't pretend it's not there. I mean, research even shows that when it comes to promotion in big in big companies, um, men get promoted based on their potential and women tend to get promoted more often based on their past experience. So it's not, a world, it's not, it's still there, whether or not we want to admit it. So like, um, of course, when someone's listening to this, I don't want them to get upset that I'm trying to generalize the genders, but whether we want to admit it or not, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, if a woman tries to act quote unquote, like a leader, she can come off like a bitch or she can come off as hard to work with because yeah. she didn't care about but your I, feelings. Yeah. And I think, you know, essentially it really, like I said, And it's such a, it sounds like a throwaway tool, but it's not. It's like if you wake up in the morning and know who you be and know what it is you want to choose in all areas of your life, then it it makes everything, makes all those steps way easier. Because if you walk into that room knowing, you know what, I'm smart, I can be a contribution here, that's why I'm actually here, then it's a different energy. But if you focus on that energy of I'm a woman and this is the way I'm being treated, then that's what's going to end up being the elephant in the room. What if yeah. you, you just be you and it's like, and there's a different energy available. And I know it sounds too easy or something like that, but what if it was? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I think there's moments where I focus so much on knowing that I'm a woman and then trying to act aggressive and all that. And I don't realize, but all I'm, I'm so focused on the fact that like, oh, I have a vagina. It's like the, everyone knows. I don't have to like make it a point to show that I don't <laughs> have one. Like it's there. They know. <laughs> 
let's talk yeah. business, you know? And then of the day, I think when it comes to money or getting a project done, people don't realize, but sometimes it's like, we're all looking for the same outcome. So like, let's just you know, make it happen. Just, wouldn't it be funny though, if you did walk into a meeting and you just went, all right, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I, I have, have a, a vagina. vagina. <laughs> we're all aware of that. Now let's move on. What do we want to create? <laughs> that would be funny. That's a great way to start a, a yeah. meeting. I'm not going to lie. Because yeah. once you point it out, no one's going to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. You'd hold the room. You got their attention. <laughs> <laughs> what surprises you most or makes you most proud about modern day women in business? What popped up when you asked that is I, I have got a lot of friends who are very, very successful and they are more successful than their partners. And I cannot tell you the amount of conversations I've had with women saying, hey, if you want him to go along with you or if you want this, pay for it. There's still that that point of view. Like it's funny, we talk about that and like being treated like a woman, but there's still that point of view that the man is supposed to earn the most money and the man is supposed to pay for dinner. The man is supposed to pay for the flights, the accommodation, the whatever, if you're going anywhere. And if you, it's like, you can't have both. Like if you're going to earn that much money and be that successful, but you're with this man and you want him to be along, pay for it. It's like, who cares? Like don't make money come between you. And that is one thing that I, yeah. I mean, I was in a relationship for quite a while and I was earning way more money and I looked at it. I was traveling a lot and I was like, okay, would I prefer for him to be at home and me traveling or would I prefer to him to jump on a plane and come with me? Easy. Jump on a plane, come with me. And I spent like a hell of a lot of money on making sure that he was around, but it was a contribution to me and I was making the money. So why not choose to spend that on what was fun for me? So it, it's like, yeah, it's like this catch 22. You want to earn more money, but if you want to earn more money, be willing to, to spend some of it on the person that you want to hang out with. Yeah, uh, I completely understand what you're saying. I think that is something that I'm still trying to address or understand. I think I'm definitely old school when it comes to that. I'm not saying it's it's right or wrong. I think everyone just has their different preferences. But I think um, if in the beginning of dating, you kind of let your partner know how you feel when it comes to the dating dynamic, then I think there won't be any surprises moving forward. Like if you're somebody that believes in splitting and having everything half half or if I'm making more money right now I don't mind paying then of course or if you believe more in that the man should always be the provider and all that then again there's like I think there's nothing wrong with that either you just have to kind of find no, someone who I matches you any, yeah you're right it's not a right or a wrong but don't complain if you're earning more money and he can't afford to keep up with you that's the thing oh yeah yeah 100 percent. but I think also in general as much as men love independent women it is harder. Why do you think it's harder sometimes for independent women to date? Like, is like they can date somebody who says they don't mind that she's making more money and she doesn't even mind paying for things. But it does. Some men do struggle with it. They do feel emasculated. That's the elephant in the room, and they'll either start. You know, it's you know, research shows that one of the um, a high percentage of cheating in relationship tends to come when the woman makes more money than the man. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. There you go. Well, I think you've got to be really aware of how you be with it as well. Uh, like don't be an asshole about it. Um, I mean, okay, so I'll tell you one story that I did with my ex at one point um, because he he had hardly any money. He was actually taking a break from what he wanted to do because he hated what he did. And I was like, this is awful. You come home and you're so depressed. Why don't you just take some time off and figure out what the hell it is you want to do? I'm making enough money to support us, so let's do that. But I didn't want to have this energy of being like, you know, I am the supporter. You can't choose anything if I don't, um, if I don't say yes to it. That's not. And I think that's the, if you're going to make more money and you're going to be the leader in that, you need to have a kindness with it as well. And so one of the things I did at one point, um, I wanted to have sex and he didn't want to have sex. And I went, what if I pay you? And he looked at me and he went, he went, what? And I was like, I went, what if I pay you a thousand bucks for sex? And he was like, Okay. <laughs> so oh, I did. And it was, can I say it was awesome. The sex was amazing. He now had a thousand dollars in his hand that he could choose whatever he wanted to do. If you've never done that with a partner, pay them for sex. I highly recommend it. I love your look on your face. That's excellent. <laughs> well, I didn't know the reaction. Like I didn't know if he was going to get offended or not. 
No, he was like, okay, because he was just about to earn money. And I was like, a thousand bucks. And he was like, okay. And then the sex was all about me as well, which was amazing. So it was like, you know, both of us and we, we laughed about it. But that's the thing. It's like then he had a thousand dollars and he got to choose what he could do with that thousand dollars. And he actually went and bought us dinner, a bottle of wine, and he booked a massage and, you know, did different things. But oh, it was so his he took choice. the money and spent it back on your relationship. That's sweet. Yeah, but he but he had the choice, not saying, "Hey, can I go get can I get some money to go get some wine or anything?" So I wanted to take that that away from from him. I didn't want to have this place where just because I have the money, I'm the one that gets to choose. It's like, no, we get to choose, and that's a really fine line. You've got to be, I want to say, really confident in yourself to be okay with that, because otherwise, if you make it about money, it's always going to be about money. And as you said, you know, on your deathbed, you don't say. I wish I worked more hours and earned more money. It's like, no, just because you're earning money, it's like, great, that's awesome. And how are you going to be with each other today? I love that. Um, I think it's really interesting. I mean, we literally just started this interview and already I can tell the differences between you and I. I mean, um, obviously, aside from the fact that you are way more educated and intelligent than me, that's not, that's even besides the point. It's more also about the fact that I could tell, you know, you're an alpha woman and you're aggressive in business and so am I. But it's very interesting to see how much softer and sweeter you are in relationships. And I think like as I'm listening to you speak, it's only showing me little things, little errors with myself or things that I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you can be so aggressive in business yet so timid and sweet and calm when it comes to dating. Like it's such a switch for me. Sometimes it's hard for me to switch. Like uh, even, even when it comes to money, I, when I was younger, my ex made so much money. And of course I, I wasn't. And if my ex, a man ever offered me, even a man, like, I feel like it's so normal these days, you know, to take money for sex. I mean, or to take money for pictures or things like that. But I, I just like, I always hate how proud I am. Like if my ex was like, hey, I'll give you a thousand dollars to have sex with you. I'd be like, how dare you? And like, I always look back now and I'm like, I wish like my ex, every time we break up, he would take all these girls to like Italy, all these vacations. And me, I always be like, I got this. I'm independent. And I'm like, no, I wish someone paid for me. I wish someone gave me money. Well, it's interesting because you sort of, I, and, and trust me, it's like, I've, I've, you know, I'm also older than you. So, you know, it's like, I, I have been through a different, a lot of different things. And, and to me, that is so much about receiving. And it's like, are you willing to receive from someone? And so many people, and trust me, I, you know, as a teenager, especially, I was like hands on hip, petulant, especially with my dad, like the, which is one of the first men in your life. I was like, I don't need your money. I can make my own money, you know, and my poor dad, all he wanted to do was gift his daughter who he absolutely adored and loved money. And I was refusing it. And I remember years later when I actually received from money, um, money from him and I watched his whole body just relax. And I went, wow, I've been unkind for not receiving money from him because he, it was, that's all he wanted to do was gift his daughter some money. And so when I received it, it was different. And we put this into so many categories. I have to earn the money. That's how I earn money. Not necessarily. If you, if you meet a man who wants to take you to Italy, that's your creation too. It's like, awesome. You know, like my ex met me who created him traveling around the world too. That's his creation. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter how it shows up. It's like that it shows up and then start receiving it. Yeah. Because there's not a lack of money in the world. There's a, there's lack, there's people choosing lack of money. Okay. What does that mean? Well, if you look at all the money in the world, it's not like we're short of money, right? So it's like, but there's people who like scarcity and they like to choose lack. Whatever it proves to them, it's like, you know what, I, I've worked hard for my money or, you know, I don't take, you know, handouts or whatever. And it's like, okay. And it's like, I doubt, doubt you're going to be in your um, deathbed at the end of your life too, saying I'm so proud of myself I didn't take handouts. It's like, what happens if someone just wanted to, you know, buy you dinner? It's like, or, I don't know, buy you a dress, buy you a pair of shoes. What if that's okay? Like, just right. receive it. You created it. Yeah, I'm definitely learning. I mean, I think I, I was raised the way my father is. My father doesn't take handouts and he always worked really hard for everything. And even when we didn't have a relationship, that is the one thing that I did really look up at him for. So I think that was kind of me like, okay, I have to be independent and no handouts. But like, as I watch more of my friends, you know, enjoy things, I'm like, damn, I should be more like that. And now I feel like I am trying to 
like, even if I make my own money, if someone's like, yeah, like we're all going to go to like, I don't know, Arizona and this guy booked the flights for us. We'll be like, okay, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Like, this is why I'm like, fine. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. 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 If but I, I think it, it's an ego you thing. If it means something and you receive it, then it's like, then you have the, the, the leadership, like the upper hand. Yeah. And I would say too, like in business, mm-hmm. when you said aggressive, I'm going to say it's more like this leadership. I know what I desire and I know where I'm heading. And what if you had that in every area of your life? And like with relationships, it's like, I love being treated like a woman, like a lady. I love when a man pulls a chair out, opens a door. It's like, and takes the lead. It's like, that, that is, is one of the sexiest things around. But that, that is how I am. Cool. <laughs> like I like, I like a man to take me out to, uh, to dinner, to pick me up, to pay for the dinner, especially when we're in the beginning of dating. Like it's one thing when you're already in the relationship and that, yeah, I do believe it should be a split or sometimes you pay, sometimes he pays, uh, vice versa. That I completely agree. But in the beginning, I love like flowers, the man picking me up, taking me to dinner. And uh, if they can't afford it, then, you know, they, they do a picnic. It's like things that don't involve money, but something to make me feel special. Yeah, I love all that stuff. Being courted, treated yeah. like a lady. Yeah, if I went on a first day because I make more money, he would be like the guy show, p- p- gave me the bill. I'll be like, well, we're never going out again. Yeah, <laughs> me too, me too. Okay, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, go on a picnic. You can go for a walk on the beach. It doesn't cost yeah, you any money. Exactly. You can, like, as long as a person's creative, like, I, there's no, I don't have a problem with someone making less money than me. As long as they're okay with what I make and they don't try to dim my light, for my success, like I'm okay with doing things that don't have to involve money. Like, of course. Yeah. That's a really great way to have a look at it. Yeah. Do you love true crime podcasts, but also love podcasts that make you laugh? If so, let me tell you about Obsessed with Disappeared. Host Patrick Hines and Ellen Marsh are obsessed with stories about people who have vanished. Each week, they tell one of these crazy stories by recapping an episode of their favorite show, IDs Disappeared. Patrick and Ellen have been best friends for 20 years, so the episodes are full of the kind of banter, wit, and loving jabs that only best friends can get away with. Obsessed with Disappeared has over 5,000 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm jealous. With listeners raving about everything from the top-notch true crime storytelling to the hilarious commentary. One reviewer even called the podcast an audio antidepressant. Another remarked that it's her new favorite weekly go-to podcast because the show is so funny that she can get her true crime fix, but without the nightmares. So if you're serious about true crime, but also love to laugh, check out Obsessed With Disappeared. It's like hanging out with your new true crime best friends. Are the men in your life stressing you out? And are you sick and tired of soreness and inflammation? If so, I want to talk to you about Humble CBD. (laughs) Humble CBD offers a variety of hemp-derived CBD products from any facet or occasion. Twist, roll, and relax with their CBD calming balm or travel with their CBD twist. It's smaller than a pack of gum designed for your pocket. Humble CBD is focused on helping you stay grounded no matter what life brings you, even if it's shitty friends or shitty men because, you know, c'est la vie, that's life. So focus, relax, and recover with Humble CBD. Right now, they are offering 25% off of your first order with my promo code VIOLET. All you have to do is go to www.humblecbd.com and choose any product that meets your needs. So stay grounded with Humble CBD. You're welcome. And thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. How do you feel about relationships in the workplace? Do you think it can work or is it, you know, always bad? Yeah, I think it can work. I mean, you know, I... uh, the guy that I was with for eight years that um, we wrote a book together and we, we worked together, um, we split up and then we still work together now. So I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's up to you. you. You're the one that gets to choose that. And I, I actually felt like we broke the relationship up in front of everyone because we both do these seminars all over the world. So <clears throat> other people were getting more concerned that we were breaking up and I was talking to them about it and saying, hey, it's okay. <laughs> And I was like, hang on a second, aren't people meant to be talking to me and helping me out? But, you know, so, yeah, I think if you, it's up to you to manage that. And not do an exclusion thing. Like I see some people who do this, like, you know, we're together and we exclude everyone else. It's like, don't, don't, like, if you can have a relationship and you include everyone, 
then that's going to create a different energy in the workplace. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for somebody that has to work with an ex uh, in the workplace? I mean, that's not always the, I mean, it seems like you're just so good with all these things, but most of us humans, we're just like so many emotions. We're no, not as- look, I, look, I wasn't, um, you know, I was really angry when we broke up and I did that thing of like, I'm taking the house and, you know, ah, and I was so angry and I didn't want to talk to him and, you know, and truthfully I looked at it and I went, well, why would I take the house? We both contributed to it. It's like, so it should be half hours, you know, and I was using so much energy on being angry. I couldn't sleep. I was, you know, and then I went, okay, we're done. So what if I, if I changed the way I looked at this? Cause so many people I think take a breakup and they make it very personal. And I know it involves you, but it's actually not personal. And so we were in Italy at the time and we had this big work thing at this castle, huge event, and everyone was watching us, like seeing how we were being together. And I was angry. And then the second day I, I grabbed him and I went, you know what, this is crazy. Let's go have lunch together and, and just chat. And he was like, I would love that. And so we did because we liked each other. We didn't hate each other, but we no longer desired the relationship. And he was the one who broke it up. But if I looked at it, he was the one who had the courage to break it up because the relationship was sort of in a maintenance level rather than this creating, which I think a relationship should be about creating something greater. So to me, I would rather have the energy of being hanging out with him and being okay than how much, how tiresome it was for myself to be that angry. Yeah, I agree with you. Anger um, I did learn, I've learned before that anger is not a real emotion. Anger stems from pain. So you have to kind of, but I, I think like your self-awareness, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, mind blowing because not everyone is able to separate themselves from their emotions of feeling angry and resentful and just be like, you know what? It didn't work out because it wasn't supposed to. This person did me a favor. I should be with someone that wants to make this work more compatible with me. Let's have lunch. And let's just like, you know, but I, that, that is the perfect scenario. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not, I'm not. Okay. So we were going to do a class. We were looking at it, doing a class on breaking up is easy ish <laughs> because it has been easy ish. Like there has been some rocky roads like, and, but I don't know, I'm not going to make that. Like I, I actually, I really like my life. I like what I, I choose. I like what I'm creating. So I'm going to focus more on that than the, the, the stuff that shows up that is crappy. It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to do that. So, yeah. and trust me, it's taken me years to choose this. I wish everyone, I, if I'd chosen this in my twenties, it would have been way easier, but I didn't. I chose the trauma and drama and, and did all of that. And now I find it's just way easier to be like, okay, so now what am I going to choose? No, I like everything you're saying. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to put it into perspective because even yesterday I had a little argument with uh, one of my friends and and I think we it's so normal that we tend to think how this person made me feel and based on how other things already affected us, now we're angry and then you made me feel like this and you did this versus being like, how did they feel? Why did they react this way? And when you're putting it, I mean, you helped me put in perspective right now where I was like, oh man, I wasn't thinking about my friend's feelings. and. I was just so ready to call it off and be like, let's just not be friends and bye. Versus being like, what's happening? Let's talk about this and all that. Like, that is really interesting. So I have a great um, tool for that. It's like, it's one question. It's one of my favorite things. And you've got to have the courage to ask it. But a situation like that, I would ask, how did I create this? And it's just for you. Because there's so many, like you said, if you ask the question, how did I create this? And then you started to look at it yourself and you went, oh, I actually wasn't looking at the way they felt. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Good, good girl. How did I create this? Because so many people make it about themselves. But like you said, it's like, that's really cool to have a look at that. Well, where were they at? Like, you don't really know where they're at. And most people go to assumption and they go to um, a conclusion and a judgment rather than a question. And that is one of the things that, that I, you know, teach in seminars all the time is what if you asked questions and had no judgment and no conclusion? Because a, a question will always lead to something greater. Whereas a conclusion or judgment, like, you know, Hey, let, you know, I don't want to do this. Let's not be friends. Boom. You've just shut everything off. Whereas a question of like, Hey, how'd I create this? And what's up? What else can yeah. I change? What can we add? You know? Yeah. Um, I think I think it is so important to be self-aware because as much as I try to be a better person, I'm always learning. Like, obviously, I'm still not perfect. And I do have a tendency sometimes to shut down 
Um, cause I think I have a, I think one thing that a lot of us haven't realized is that this generation, we're so focused nowadays to be positive and to be so happy. And I talked about it in one of my last, um, a pocket solo episodes where I talked about that I'm so obsessed to the point of being positive that I almost just block any negative emotions and anything nowadays that makes me feel uncomfortable. I can't even sit with that emotion anymore. I'm just like, you know what? No. Versus if something's making me uncomfortable, I agree with you. It's like, how, how did I, how, how did I create this? Like, let me focus because it's supposed, it's a moment of growth or some trauma just hit from my past that I'm need to process before. I, and I think it also makes them people in my life then feel unsafe with me where they have, they have their own emotions and they put on me for two seconds. I'm like, you know what? No, we forget that every day relationship, it's not always 50, 50. Some days the other person, you're going to have to love the other person 80% more. And they're going to only love you 20% the following day and maybe 50, 50. And then the following day, suddenly you need more of the love because you're having a bad day. I think like we forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, um, another tool I, I'd love to give you is who does this belong to? Because in truth, like 99% of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not ours. It's like we buy into them. We, I mean, you can tell, like, you know, when you walk into a room and you're like, whoa, what's going on? It's like someone's angry or someone's sad or someone's frustrated or someone's happy. It's like, we tend to always buy the, as you say, positive emotions as our own and the negative, well, the negative as well, but it's, if you ask the question, who does this belong to for every single thought, feeling, and emotion? And if it lightens up, um, it's, it's not yours. And if it's like, has this like heaviness to it, it's like, it's, you know, have a look at that. Like use that tool of who does this belong to? Cause a lot of the times, like I said, we buy into everybody else's stuff. Right. Find out what it's like to be you. So if I'm feeling down and I'm like, who does, who does, who does this belong to? And then I realize, oh, I had interaction with this one person. They were really rude to me. Yeah. Nothing to do with me. They were going through something. They were having a bad day. They dumped it on me. Now I'm holding on to their anger and I shouldn't because it, it was never my feelings or emotions. Is yeah. that what you're saying? I mean, naturally we have this empath and empathic mode where we do, and cause we care like, God damn it. We care about other people. It's like, we start to take on stuff for them. Um, and it's not even, it's not cognitive. It's just, you do, that's what you do. It's like, you take on the, I mean, look at the world and when like what they're trying to project at the moment is this fear. And it's like, so everyone starts to do this fear or this like paranoia. It's like, well, hang on. What do you know? Like, what if you started to trust you and your body and choose from that, not from what is being projected at you? So that's the way I would look at it. And I mean, the tools I'm talking about are from Access Consciousness, which is what I facilitate all over the world. And they've created so much freedom for me. I, I'm pretty sure I would have been dead by now if I, <laughs> if I hadn't started, you know, looking at this. And as you say, being self-aware, it's like being aware of my choices. Yeah. But sometimes it sucks. Like why, sometimes I feel like why, why is, why am I the only one that has to be the self-aware one and to understand my feelings and to understand other people's feelings when other people get to walk around being selfish with their feelings and doing and saying whatever they want. And I'm the one that has to be the understanding one. Like sometimes I'm like, no, I want to be selfish too. But you can't, but that's a choice. It's like you can be. Like I always say, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to be angry, enjoy it. Like. You know, it's like walk around and be like, yeah, I'm angry. And it's like, but you're, you know, after 10 minutes, you're like, okay, this is boring. <laughs> I'm right. done. But most people would be angry and judge it at the same time. Or they'll be sad and judge it at the same time. What if you came out of judgment? What if that was one choice you made today is to never, ever, ever judge yourself again for any of your choices? You just go, oh, you know, it's a good thing I'm cute. It's like, you know, choose again, choose again, because you can choose again. Just because you're angry now, doesn't mean you have to be angry in 10 minutes. You can get over your point of view. But most people would rather be right than be free. So if you are if you choose anger and you're sitting in this anger and being like, you know, I'm angry because of blah, 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 rather than you're trying to prove the rightness of your point of view rather than, you know what, I'm done. Like, like I said to you, I was like, this is exhausting. This is not how I want to live my life. So, hey, Brendan, do you want to have lunch? Just let's catch up, you know and get over my point of view, you will create so much more freedom for you. And what if it starts with you? Like you say that yeah. everyone else is allowed to get, you know, frustrated, et cetera. What if it starts with you and people are like, whoa, what is she choosing? That's different. I'll have some of that. 
I'm not yeah. being happier. I like that. I like like sometimes you can choose to be right or do you just want to be free of this like heaviness of emotions and just like let it yeah. go. That is a choice. Yeah. I like all that. Um, you wrote a book titled Relationship. Are you sure you want one? <laughs> Question mark. Which is, by the way, is an amazing title because I think humans, especially women, we sometimes are so inclined to want love and companionship before taking a step back and thinking to ourselves, if this is actually what I want, am I ready for it um, at the time? So what, what inspired you to write this book? Well, um, a lot of people used to ask myself and my ex how we created our relationship because we did have a great, we had a great relationship. Uh, we never fought. We got on. We were such a contribution in each other's lives, you know. So they would always ask us, what, how, what were we doing? So then we did a few telecalls on it and that's when we went, okay, let's put it into a book. So we have relationship, are you sure you want one? And we wanted it to be a question because, as you said, so many people go to this place of that's that's the next step. You're supposed to be in a relationship. Like there's this rightness of if you're in a relationship, you've got it right. And if you're single, it's like most single people have this energy of like proving that they're right because they're single rather than, hey, calm down. It's like what if being in a relationship is a choice and being single is a choice? Like neither is right or wrong. It should be a choice. And I see some people would rather be in a bad relationship than no relationship. To me, it's like you are whole as you are. You don't need to find, you know, your better half, your other half, someone to complete you with all the Hollywood movies. It's like, you know, if you have all of you, then what you can create with another person is something so much more dynamic. I mean, one of the things that we would talk about is, and we get really vulnerable in the book. Like I even tell the story about paying Brennan for sex and everything. It's like we, you know, we do, we tell stories. This guy said to me, what you talk about in the book, he said, I can't even talk to my wife about it. And he went, and you just put all this in a book. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, why not? It's like, what if we stopped hiding stuff and started contributing to everyone? Because like you said, you know, elephant in the room, I have a vagina. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so, you know, and the word relationship, the definition of it literally means the distance between two things. So what we encourage is what if it wasn't relationship? What if it was creationship? And to me, creationship is when you're with someone else, you are creating at least 20 times more with them than alone. Like choose it because it's going to add to your life, not because now I've got some great eye candy or I've got, you know, whatever. It's like. I like that. Far greater. Obviously, as we're already talking about, relationships are not all black and white. So do you have a piece of advice you can give us among all the advices you've already given? So do you have a piece of advice to a couple, um, what it would be that when things are not so black and white and when they should pay attention to it versus just walking away like quickly? Yeah, look, I would wake up, you know, one of the things I used to do is wake up every morning and ask, is this working for me today? Like for me, not, not him. Me just writing down everything you're saying. (laughs) Is this, um, well, I'd love to send you some of the books. So is this working for me today? And, and if it's not, then I would be like, okay, it's not about then accusing them of like, Hey, you haven't done this or blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right. So having a look at the energy and going like for 18 months, it's like, I fully supported Brendan. And then, so, but each day I would ask, is this working for me? And it was like, I got, yes. Like he was such a contribution. You know, he was taking care of the house. He was like, you know, a fabulous cook. So he would be cooking and doing all of that. So it's a contribution. So asking that question, but if there's something that's not working, then have a look at it and say, okay, what could I ask for to change this? Like, do I have to change something? Can I ask them to change something? Are they willing to change something? Not training them or trying to control them or telling them that they have to change something. It's like, is this actually possible to ask questions? Like at one stage I said to Brendan, hey, you're really good at spending money. Can I show you my finances? So I sat down with him and showed him all the finances because I was starting to freak out about money because he was really good at spending it and whatever. (laughs) It's like, so we sat down, we looked at it and I said, I need your help. And what we ended up coming to was, because I am, I'm good at what I do, like, and I love making money now. I mean, I have created financial mess before. So we ended up going, okay, what if you're the CFO, the chief financial officer of our money? So he started taking an action in it and getting involved in my trading accounts and doing all of that. But I asked for his help. I was like, hey, I, I can't do this on my own. Can you help me here? 
and not being vested in the outcome of what that looks like, but the willingness to have a discussion and go, okay, this is not working for me. Can we change something here? I mean, it could be like, you know, hey, is it possible at all? Like, could we get, you know, could you empty the dishwasher once once a week or something like that? Anything. Or, you know, he's really handy around the house and I kept asking him to do some stuff and he, he wasn't doing it. So instead of fighting, I hired a handyman. And he looked at me and he went, I've read in a book about doing this. What's that? I've literally, I read a lot of dating books. Um, Yours is now next on my list. But I I read about this. When you ask your partner to do something and they won't do it, then you'll just get someone else to do it. And then they can see in the minute that happens, they're like, wait, I'm on it. Yeah, it was great. He looked at me and he was like, why are you doing that? And I was like, well, you're not doing it. And I said, I need this stuff hung up and I can't do it. But he, but here's the thing too. I was like, well, I would rather actually spend time with you, not nagging you. Like, and we saw this thing, this meme. I thought it was hilarious. And there's this guy on the couch, and he says, he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'll do it. He said, I told you I'd do it. Stop bugging me every six months. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to bug you. I don't want to create a relationship where it's nagging. One thing that you said that was uh, really eye-opening to me. That uh, in case anyone that's listening missed it. I liked how you made it a collaborative effort with your partner and you made it, you created a team. And I think that is a lot of times we miss that because you could have said, stop spending my money. And it would have been attack mode. The, your partner would have felt um, emasculated and would yeah. have felt small. And it suddenly became your money, not the partnership, you know, because he he's doing things for the household. You're doing things for the household, completely different things, the partnership. So I like the fact that you sat down, you said, hey, how can we figure this out? And I think, and I think when approaches like that is what puts things people at ease. I remember years ago, um, my boyfriend at the time, we were already having so many issues. And then he um he was eating really poorly. Uh, this is such a bad example because it sounds really shallow, but um he was like my part he he already sucked and we were not right for each other but it was just an excuse for me to be irritated with him to be honest but he was eating poorly and he wasn't working out and I was trying to take care of my body because I was gaining weight so that's what happened I was projecting I started to notice on myself to gain weight because you know it's called the love weight so I started to gain weight and then suddenly I'm noticing that he's gaining weight and instead of saying hey, why don't we start to work out together? Both of us can start to lose weight let's do this together which is the right way to go about things it's calm I said I can't look at you anymore. I can't you tell I'm not attracted to you. I can't have sex with you. Don't you can't you tell there's always has to be porn on whenever we're about to fuck because like look at you. And it was like that's what came out of my mouth, my in my from my brain. Obviously, I was like 20, but still, instead of just being like, why don't we work out together? I'm feeling insecure about myself and I'm projecting all of my insecurities right now on you. And I'm obsessed with your weight because I can't lose weight. You know? Yes. Yeah. No, perfect. That's a, that's actually a great example. So yeah, absolutely. And, and one more tip with that too, is when you get frustrated in a relationship or frustrated with them, um, make it all about them. And it's not something you're going to want to do. Like I remember at one point I was frustrated with Brandon and we live across the road from the beach and I went across the road to the beach and I'm walking and I'm like, you know, and this friend of mine rang me and he said to me, Gary Douglas, and he said, uh, he said, you need to go home and make it all about him. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and he was like, but I looked at it and I went, you know what? Every other tool of access consciousness has worked, so I'm going to try this. So I walked in the house and as soon as I walked in the house, I started making everything about him, asking him how he was, you know, da, da, da. And within 10 minutes, he was like, hey, honey, can I get you a drink? What would you like me to make you for dinner? Like, da, da. And I was sitting there going, oh, my God is working so it's like use that tool of making everything about them because as you you have pointed out so clearly that there's so many times that we will choose something that creates separation what if what if that is not our end game is separation and we are willing to be vulnerable enough to create something that is more of a communion and more of that creationship together rather than the separation but you've got to be strong in you to be able to choose that yeah, I, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, everything you're saying is somebody putting aside their ego, their own feelings, and to make it about someone else, even for that moment, it means we're okay with not making it about ourselves, which can be hard. So, I mean, I, I, I like everything you're saying. I, I feel like even like this um, 
interview already changed my perspective regarding what happened last night with my friend right away. You know, I was just going to let it go and just be not rude, but I think standoffish in a way that I wrote this person off versus being like, okay, what if I made this about my friend for a second and, and about his feelings and, and what he was going through in that moment, understand his projection had nothing to do with me. And I shouldn't take it personally. Like, I love that, you know? Perfect. Perfect. You nailed it. Yep. Yeah. You just helped me save a friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, in a relationship, how important, how important is it to have certain levels of intimacy with, within yourself before you enter a relationship? Okay. So one of the things that we do talk about in our book is the five levels of intimacy. And I would say it's really important to have this. I worked on this. I wrote them on post-it notes and put them in my bathroom. So every time I'm brushing my teeth, I would look at this and ask where I wasn't willing to be the five elements of intimacy. And the five elements of intimacy are gratitude, honor, trust, allowance, and vulnerability. Because so often, and you know, I've got to say, it's in our movies, it's in everything. It's like we're told you can almost find that in somebody else and then you can be complete. And it's like, what if that is one of the biggest lies we've ever been told yeah. you know, about relationships? It is. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like if you can have that with you. So every day as I was brushing my teeth, I would look at it and I would like destroy and uncreate any of the areas that I wasn't willing to be vulnerable with myself today, honoring of myself trusting of myself, like trust you. It's like being in allowance and have gratitude for myself. Because if you have those five elements of intimacy with you, then you can have that with somebody else. I agree. And it's something, it's a choice you have to make every day too. It's not just like, oh, today I made that choice. Every day you have to wake up and make that choice with yourself. It's kind of like, what if you were the one you were searching for instead of searching for someone else constantly? You find it in yourself first. I love that. Yeah. Well, and there's so many times, like, I mean, if you look at, uh, I mean, look at the honoring of you, like how many times do people not honor themselves and they try and please somebody else? I mean, dating apps is a huge one for that. It's like, you know, what comes across then you think, oh, okay, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that rather than, oh, hang on a second. Is this actually honoring of me? It's like, what, you know, what's going to honor me? What's going to work for me? What am I going to wake up in the morning and go? Yes. It's like, you know, I rock. What if today was greater than yesterday, you know, and have that energy. And I know that's like that positive vibe thing that you were talking about, but it's literally a question. Like I wake up in the morning and one of the first things I do is like put my hands on my body and just be like, hey, and it's like, you know, what if today was greater than yesterday? Like let's yeah. have way too much fun. But yeah, she's like honoring for you. Honoring yourself and choosing yourself every single day. I, I agree that it is very positive, but it also doesn't mean that that means you're constantly fighting for the other partner. Obviously, if every day you, you start to realize that when you're choosing yourself, that means it's far away from this partner because a p- partner is not good for you because they're never choosing you. Like, I think that's OK, too. I don't think that if someone was trying to be this positive, then like they would sacrifice themselves for the other person or always t- the other person's feelings. Like sometimes not making about you is OK. Yeah. I mean, I remember at one stage uh, living with Brendan and he went through this huge depression stage and I'm a really, naturally I wake up and I'm really creative. I'm like, I'm a good morning person. And I'm just like, yay, like let's, what's going to happen today? And, uh, and I, it was like, I would wake up, make coffee, create work, do everything. And he was on the couch. And after three days, he was on the couch having some beers, doing that. And he looked at me and he went, will you stop being so happy? And I went, uh, no. And he looked at me and he went, do you know how hard it is to live with someone who's this happy? And I looked at him and I went, seriously? And we both just cracked up laughing because as he said it, he realized how insane it was. But for three days, I was just choosing what worked for me. And for three days, apparently I was frustrating the hell out of him because I was just happy. So, but it broke it because I wasn't willing to walk around being depressed as well, because that's what he was choosing. I would check in with him and go, Hey, is there anything I can do for you? And he'd be like, no, I'm fine. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Go off and do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You guys were still doing separate things. What worked for you every single day. He was choosing his choice and you were, yeah. One of my best friends, she's very positive too. And I remember when I was going through a breakup, which I do, I think every other week, sometimes. (laughs) always saving someone and I was like sad and then she's like no be happy and I was like you know what you are too positive for me right now but I was like you know what I need to experience my emotions so I'm like let's take a step back for a day or two let me feel my emotions but I don't want to be a downer around you it's not your fault you're so positive I I love that 
but I can't do this right now. I need to cry it out. And she's like, okay, you do that. And I was like, okay. And it worked. But that's great. That's choosing for you. It's like, that's what I mean. And it's being an allowance of everything. And that's one of the five elements of intimacy. I love that. It's like being an allowance of you, them, everything. I think everyone. your choice. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. Um, I think everyone should check out your book. I think that's really interesting. And I think that is, especially a relationship book that suddenly it's actually intimacy with yourself. It's something we all tend to sometimes forget. And it's so focused on how can I fix my partner? How can I better my partner? It's like, well, how can you better yourself? And that will better your relationship. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I love that. Baddies, do you need a new outfit for that date, even though you're only there for the free food? (laughs) Let's be honest. Do you need some comfy airport clothes to wear as you're traveling to your annual hot girl summer trip or just to your kitchen? Is your wardrobe ready? What a better way to get into that carefree spirit of summer than with a brand whose apparel and accessories are all about laid back living and enjoying life to the fullest. Pure Vita's fair trade apparel and artisan made accessories are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and honestly, so cute, even though I cannot pronounce the word artisan, artisan. It's my accent, but it's still going to look good on you. Pure Vita offers over 200 styles in their summer catalog. Everything is so soft and 100% cotton apparel, so working from home has never been comfier for you. Last but not least, the styles are super affordable. Their bracelets start at $6 and their rings are around $12. I mean, it's so cheap. I love like stacking my rings and mixing and matching between silver to gold. So like you guys should definitely check it out. Pure Vita, look good and do good. So to get 20% off of your Pure Vita order, text TIRED to 38817. That's TIRED, T-I-R-E-D to 38817 to get 20% off of Pure Vita items. Terms apply and available at purevitabracelets.com slash terms. Text TIRE to 38817. If you shop online, you need to know about Honey, the free shopping tool that searches the internet for promo codes for your online purchases. Here's how it works. You find something you want to buy online. You go to checkout. The Honey button drops down and all you have to do is just click apply coupons. That's it. And then you just wait a few seconds. And within a few seconds, if Honey finds a working coupon, it will apply to your purchase. It's so easy. You just need some fingers. (laughs) Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. Plus, they have helped over 17 million members find over 2 billion dollars in savings. I constantly am using Honey when I'm depressed and I'm shopping online because I think it's going to make me feel better. It doesn't, but I have a closet filled with clothes and a fridge filled with food thanks to Honey. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on some free savings. It's literally free and it installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you're also doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. So I would never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash violet. That's joinhoney.com slash violet. Do it today. Do you believe in toxic productivity? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Uh, I think the toxic productivity has got to do with, um, the business stuff, like people who, you know, especially now it's like so many people are working from home and so they don't tend to to separate their lives, you know, like, so it's like this like continuous working and this continuous, continuous, like working so that you've got to get things done rather than actually inserting some relaxation into your world. I mean, for me, I'm not a, I don't switch off. It's like I can be cooking or walking on the beach or doing something like that. And some of my most creative ideas, because I don't, I don't have to separate business from my life. It's, I think it's all incorporated, but I don't have a judgment of business or working. Uh, But I think you need to have that place. I mean, for me, I wake up in the morning and earlier in the morning, you know, Europe and America is awake. So I'm really busy. And then during my midday, it's like quieter. So I might do anything from, you know, I don't know, go to Pilates. It's like, or get a massage or go for lunch or walk on the beach. And then Europe starts to wake up in my afternoon. So you just got to look at your day and what's actually going to be productive for you to choose that creates something greater. But don't, like, you don't need to be overwhelmed. If you're overwhelmed, 
start to ask yourself some questions. What could I change with yeah. my day today? I agree. I think sometimes people think like, oh, I don't have time for myself because I'm doing this and this. Like, for example, at one point during the mornings, like for an hour or two, I like to take time to myself, even sometimes to just watch TV. Sometimes it wasn't even to work out, just to watch TV. So then I started working out. Uh, then I started waking up an hour or two earlier from my day where I know no one else was awake yet, just so I can have those, my alone time. And then I could still be productive because before I start to stress out, I would do those two hours for myself. And then suddenly I'm like, oh my God, half of my day is gone. Why would I do this to myself? You know, so there's always time in the day. Yeah, recommend doing one hour a day and one day a week where you do something that's just nurturing for you. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be like, I love the way you said watch TV because most people think, you know, it's like have a bath, have a massage or whatever. For me personally, it's like I, I've learned to cook during COVID, like because I usually travel and go to restaurants all the time. I've actually learned to cook and I love cooking now and having music playing loud and cooking. I like hiking. I like being at the beach. It's like st- stuff like that. So it's like choose what's nurturing for you not what you've told is nurturing, what yeah. actually works for you. Exactly. I agree. Like for me, my brain is always working and sometimes it feels, it feels stressful or just anxiety. Sometimes I hate being in my head. And when I do a puzzle, play a video game or watch TV, it's the only time that my mind is blank and I'm not thinking. And it feels, it just feels so nice sometimes to just not think for a second. Can I say, do you know what? You are, you're, you are a smart lady. Can I say for starters, <laughs> you are way smarter than I think what you, you think you are. And the way you just described that is a lot the way a man processes things. Like oh, a man really? will play a video game, do something like a puzzle or watch TV or something because they just want to have that space, not to have anything in their head. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I have a lot of man, um, manly traits or whatever it's called. I don't know how. Thank yeah, you. Thank great. you, by the way. Yeah. That was I, mean, really I, nice. I think the diversity is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, this is so stupid. Before I ask your next, next question and we're about to wrap it up, uh, this is just for my own self. I've been dying to know, what is your zodiac sign? I just need to know. Uh, Scorpio. <laughs> Shut up. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what day is your birthday? In November? Or, or? 28th of October. Oh, so is my father. Love that. Okay. I actually watched your something on your Instagram last night and uh, it was funny when you were talking about not hugging your father and oh. I had, my father was amazing. He was such a gift, but we never hugged either. And when I was in my twenties, I, I was like, can I hug you? And I remember dad saying when he, he died about nine years ago and he said, Simone, one of the things I want to thank you for is you taught me how to hug. <laughs> Yeah. That's so sweet. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so interesting. So you guys had an amazing relationship, but you guys just didn't have physical touch and that was fine. No, no. You made me think about it last night. I was like, my mother was incredibly, you know, mean and, and cruel and, and judgmental, but she did hug me. But my dad was always empowering and always like had my back basically is the best way to describe it. But we didn't have the physical touch until mm-hmm. I remember just starting to hug. And then he was like, Thank you. You taught me how to hug. But you, by the way, she's talking about um, a segment from my episode with Harry Jowsey, where I talked about um, my relationship with my father. But yeah, so you, so you also then started you 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 changed the dynamic in your with your father by yeah. starting to hug him, and you made the decision yourself, and you didn't. You were yeah. like, I want to hug you. I love yeah. that. But I didn't think it was that big a deal at the time until he was literally on his deathbed and saying to me, "I want to thank you for that." <laughs> That is so sweet. And obviously, I, I could tell when in the beginning when you were talking about your father that he always wanted to give you money and you wouldn't take it. So that's how I already knew his language of love had to do with uh, gifts and and money and things like that, which was also my father's language of love. But it seems that, I don't know, I guess when it comes to receiving, I can't, I couldn't tell what your language of love was, but it, it didn't seem like, I guess it wasn't physical. Maybe maybe because you said your relationship with your mother, she wasn't that nice, but she would hug you. So I guess maybe you didn't value the touch as much because uh, what came with it, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love touching bodies now, though. Me too. <laughs> I really do. It's like, yeah, it's like a good cuddle or a good snuggle or someone who's really present when you're hugging. Like, you know, when you, when you just hug someone, but they're so present with you and you're like, oh, and you just like melt together. It's like it could be a friend, a lover, anyone. It's just like that's that's such a gift. 
I think people don't realize as you grow older, um, your languages of love change as well. Like things, yeah. things start to change or what's important for you and what's not. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. It does. Um, thanks for seeing that video and noticing it. That was nice. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. I've seen you say sharing is not caring in regards to a relationship. What do you mean by that? Okay. So as we've been mentioning as well, like men and women function differently. You notice how so many women, they want to share everything. They want to talk about everything. Um, my suggestion is if you want to share, get a girlfriend or get somebody that you can share with, because most men, it's like when you start sharing, they start freaking out. Cause they're like, what have I got to do? If I got to fix something, if I got to change something, what did I do wrong? You know, they don't actually share. Like I mentioned, it's like most men, process things in a different way. They'll go play I video like that. Game. That is so yeah, crazy. I'm like that. So my sister tells me, my sister loves to share and she'll vent to me about something. My first reaction is, how do I fix this for her? And then I'll try to fix it. And then she'll be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? Let's fix it. And she's like, V, I just need to, to vent. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll be confused. Why are you then telling me this? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, you you definitely have manly traits. Yeah, because a man's just like, yeah, exactly. That's You just described it perfectly. <laughs> So, so, so have a look at who you can share with. And can I just say, it's like, I don't know why it's like, but most of the time, if you have a vagina, it's like you have a little bit of crazy and you do want to share stuff. What if you practiced instead, just for me, just for fun, don't tell anyone. Cause it's like where, when we, when women start sharing, it's like, what I would ask is what are you trying to prove with the sharing? Like, it's, it's an interesting, you know, thing to have a look at. So that's what I would describe. That's funny. <laughs> now I'm like, you're such a Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone just, you know, does different things. So I think again, in a relationship, you just have to communicate. Like I love to share or like, I, like I've, it's so, yeah, I guess I do have some man, more man traits because I've, I've dated some guys who like to talk about everything and I've, in their life and their French and sometimes they'll be like, and then she said this and then I said this and that's not really my thing. I just keep it to myself. So then I'll just sit there and listen. My head will be like, what, what's the, I'll Why be like, what, what's this? happening? Yeah. What's the point of this? But like, so I've usually date men who are more sharers than me. I'm more like right. silent about those things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and here's the thing, neither of it's right or wrong. It's yeah. so that you have the clarity because if you're with someone that you recognize is a sharer, then you go, okay, but I don't have to fix it. Yeah. They just want to share. You know, so for me, what I would do is I would entertain myself at the same time, like whether I'm cooking or doing something like that and you're just listening because I can't sit there and just listen to the stories all the time. But if you've got someone who doesn't like to share, don't take it personal. And if they're going to play a video game, it's not against you. I see so many women go, you know, that it's against them. It's not. It's like, that's just what they require. Like I always say, man cave is a real thing. Like men require that space in a different way. Or we could say men and Violet require that space yeah. in a different way. I was going to say, this is, I guess, where the gender difference really does like exist or where there shouldn't be gender because yeah, I think, and I think I do tend to date usually men who are more than, like I'm very sensitive though. I just am more silent about it. So I do tend to date the men then who are more like, should we talk about our feelings, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, I just need space for a second to just like chill out. And then they're like, Oh, so she doesn't care. And I'm like, I do care. I just don't want to talk about it right now. I want to like just do my puzzle or play chess so I can like just have my blank mind. So, so here's what I would suggest too. And if, if for you or anyone else like that too, just say, Hey, this is not personal. I just process things in a different way. Can you just give me some space for a moment? Got it. I like that. They're sort of honoring of them as well. They're not, because they, they start to flip out and be like, you know, oh my God, she doesn't like me. She doesn't care. She doesn't, blah, blah, blah. it's like, no, I just process things different. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, is there anything you feel like I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up? Well, the only thing I would like to say, which is sort of like this, um, you know, leaving everyone with comment is, is please know that you have choice. Um, I see so many people say that if I, you know, if I only had choice, you actually do, you have choice to choose your life. Um, don't, don't choose your reality based on everybody else. It's like, do what works for you and know that it's, it's going to be okay. you got this. Like you really do. I agree with the making a choice. Actually quickly, it does remind me, uh, I forgot if I mentioned my book. I think actually I mentioned on my podcast with Andrea, but I'll re-remind you guys if you guys didn't listen to that episode is that 
when you were talking about when you allow other people's opinions to take over and become your truth, that's when you fail. I 100% agree with you because before I started daddy issues a few years before that, um, and I'm dyslexic, so I was never that good in writing or didn't think I was based on schooling. And I started writing a blog about dating and relationships because it was just about my experience with my boyfriend for cheating on me, being the other girl, having like seeing who the other girl was. And I was like, we shouldn't be fighting with one another. It should be about the man who's in the wrong and whatever it was. I wrote it. And one of my friends told my other friend, what is she doing? That's so embarrassing. I was mortified. I felt so embarrassed. I deleted the whole blog. I was like, that, that is so embarrassing. A few years later, when I started daddy issues and was anonymous, that same friend looked at my other friend again and said, what's she doing? That's so embarrassing. But this time I took up the grain of salt and I said, this is what's best for me. I like doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And I didn't listen. And I created daddy issues. Like imagine if I listened again. Yeah, Good. No, I've, I've had a very similar thing where um, years ago, I like was a worldwide coordinator of access consciousness and it was years. And I rang the guy who created access and said, Hey, I can't do this job anymore. And he said, why not? And I said, cause I can't handle the judgments. And he was like, okay, let's talk about this for a second. And he went, you know, what's going on? There was these three women who I thought were my friend and they, I'd heard these things that they were saying about me. And he said, okay, here's what I want you to do. And please take this with anything in your life. Um, he said, I want you to have a look at their life, not based on judgment, have a look at their life and see what they've created. And I went, okay. He said, now have a look at your life and have a look at what you've created. And I was like, okay. And he said, are they judging you? Or are they judging what they have not yet created and might never choose? And it was one of the greatest gifts because I realized I was about to quit like being successful, quit everything I was choosing based on these three women and their judgments so that I could sort of maintain their reality. And I was like, I went, oh, and from that day onwards, I went, you know what? I'm never going to buy the judgment that somebody has of me as real. Because what I find too is most of the people who judge me don't even know me. And I'm like, wow, it's like you're judging me and you don't even know me. So I'm not going to stop choosing what I'm choosing based on judgment. I'm going to keep choosing because I know it works for me. And that is what I would love everyone out there listening to choose for themselves. I love that. I agree. My mom said, don't surround yourself with people where you feel like you have to prove who you are to them when you know who you are. Plus, like, you know yourself the best. Why do you care then what other people think? Like, they don't know you. You know yourself. So what? Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I love all of that. Um, okay. So where can people find you? My name is the only, you know, if you Google Simone Millises and that's my website as well, S-I-M-O-N-E-M-I-L-A-S-A-S.com. And that's my Instagram handle. It's like on accessconsciousness.com. It's yeah. I have a good name for um, public because no, no other Simone Millises. Yeah. Okay. So oh, everything comes up. You said accessconsciousness.com as well. Yes. Okay. And then check out her books, which are Joy of Business and also Relationship. Are you sure you want one? Do you have any other books that I missed? I do. I have one more that I wrote um, called Getting Out of Debt Joyfully because I did create myself to be a huge financial mess at one stage and and then I changed it. So all the tools that I used are in that book that I changed my um, financial life. So yeah. yeah, so three books, yeah. Which is something we didn't really address, the getting out of debt. So then definitely make sure to check that book as well. If you're currently struggling with that, I'm definitely I'll probably have you on again and then we can discuss how to get out of debt, which is something I think so many people in general struggle with. I mean, I even have one of my friends, super rich. And then I found out she was in debt in medical bills. And I was like, why would you not pay that when you have so much money in the bank? Sometimes people just allow money to sit in the bank instead of paying other debt. It doesn't, it makes no sense to me. So yeah, it's a good topic. I would yeah. love to come on and talk yeah. about it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you guys make sure to check her out, check out all of her books, um, find her online. If you have any questions, um, let me know. And I hope you have another beautiful Thursday and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.